you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 658. Let's go to the Nerdist Community Corkboard. First one, tickets are now on sale for Fun Comfortable at San Diego Comic-Con. There are two shows currently. Friday night, July 10th at 7.30 p.m. is Stand Up on the Fun Comfortable Tour. uh, That's me. And then on Saturday at 7.30, uh, Nerdist Podcast Live. Both at the Balboa Theater. Uh, This is kind of a tradition now. we got to do these. we got to do these every year. So uh, go to funcomfortabletour.com to get tickets because there was a pre-sale yesterday and a lot of them have already been purchased, which is... Good news, uh, but there are still some available, so uh, go go over there and do that right now. And what's happening in your neck of the woods, October 23 through 25, Yakima, Washington is hosting its first Comic-Con. Uh, they're in the process of finding vendors, talent, artists, etc., so if anyone is interested in being a part of the show, please visit their website, centralcitycomiccon.com. This is from uh, Nerdist listener John Mason-Smith. I've recently started a blog called Sales Tech about technology for people in the world of business and sales. I update every Monday at 6 a.m. and would love to get the word out to people who feel like they don't use technology enough in their sales process. That's at salestech.ch. Um, that's S-A-L-E-S-T dot C-H. Uh, very clever use of the international domain there, my friend. And uh, Scott Kurland has been a film critic for years and now publishes his reviews online. Read his reviews at kurlandonfilm.blogspot.com. That's K-U-R-L-A-N-D-O-N-F-I-L-M.blogspot.com. And if you have an event or something that you think would be relevant to the Nerdist audience interest, uh, then please, by all means, send us your idea at events at Nerdist.com. And also, it was just announced today that Nerdist is developing Nerdist News uh, as a pilot for sci-fi. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. You know how I worked on Attack of the Show for a long time. So uh, I have uh, pulled a lot of Attack of the Show people, uh, writers, producers, whatnot, but uh, I've been really wanting to do this kind of show for a long time. I mean, it's it's something I've been planning, and, and so I, I appreciate sci-fi for uh, putting confidence in us and having the vision to put Nurse News on the television, which uh, hopefully will be once a week if the pilot goes well. Uh, keep your fingers crossed. We'll have more info as that, uh, as that develops. This episode of the podcast is Kristen Shaw, one of my favorite people. Uh, she destroys on At Midnight. She is an amazing comedian, and she is on Last Man on Earth, which is one of the best new shows on Fox. If you haven't seen it, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. It's her uh, and Will Forte, and uh, the show is... is it, There will be LOLs, all right, to use abbreviations that the kids use. Um, but uh, Kristen... Um, I guess I don't really have anything else to say there. 
Here we go, episode number 658. Katie, roll the thing. Now entering Nerdist.com. Oh, they just sent me a text where we're going, and then I saw him just like not read it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he like left me there. He's like, "See you later." You know, you're supposed to read texts, right? No, no. I just uh, I see shapes, and then I just guess. I, <laughs> I, saw... I just take a guess. Why Can you, you read? No. You just do the your show. Yeah. Is that why you look so nice? You look really nice too, because you just did Conan. I know. We both look really nice. You look really good. I mean, why are we hiding it? Like, what? <laughs> these <laughs> people listening can't see us. They need to know that we but look really good. We look really good, and I think it's going to influence our voices too. I think so too. So, Kristen, yes. Uh, yes. How was the Conan O'Brien program? It was wonderful. Thank you. Do you like doing panel talk shows? Yeah. I well, I do when I'm on them, but before I get really nervous. I kind of I'm kind of a mess like the day of. Like I'm like, "Uh, like I'm like more nervous <laughs> than usual cuz cuz I tell myself, "Well, you shouldn't be nervous. You're just chatting about yourself." And and then that doesn't work. I'm still nervous. Well, because it always feels like a test. It's like, you got five minutes. To, to... be charming. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. better be charming. Your stories better be good. <laughs> there better be enough laughs in the right places. <laughs> right. And I don't, and you can always tell, and, you know, especially when comedians, it's like, oh, you practice that bit. That's your bit. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think that's more in your head than people realize. Because I think, I think most people probably don't realize that comics you know when they're guests on a panel show they will tend to do bits they do bits i did a couple bits but they're so um the punchline's so weak that no one would know <laughs> <laughs> what about you uh, do you enjoy doing them I how many have you done do you do them i do yeah i do yeah. i there i have it, it wasn't until the last couple of years that i've been doing them but i've done uh, Conan a bunch, and then I did Fallon when he was uh, the old the old show, and then I did the Tonight Show once. But I never did the Tonight Show with Leno, and I never I've never done Letterman, and 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 the clock's running out on Letterman, and I'm sensing yeah. that it's not going to happen for me, and I'm kind of I'm mildly heartbroken about it. I just wanted to sit up there one time. Yeah. Did you do it? I did. I did it once. How was it? It was wonderful. Was he nice to you? It was my first uh, late night show. <gasps> he was super nice to me. Um, he was the best and it was uh it went really well if you want to watch it it's on youtube i would love to see it but uh i did uh and then leno i did twice almost three times and he uh was the only he's the only talk show host that ever uh met me before like went into my dressing room and introduced himself oh that's nice and he knew everything about me and like my husband came once and he's like hey rich how's the day show and i was like (laughs) (laughs) and he was like he loves you know stand-up so i was doing the big oddball festival at the time and he wanted to talk about that and you know whatever i prejudices you harbor about any of these guys like he definitely wore me down i was like you're the best (laughs) i like all of them but he was he was easily the one the over the top friendliest that really seemed to do the work Mm -hmm. 
to put in the time. Like was really like kind of tickled that I was there. Maybe it was just me. <laughs> no, that's, that's amazing. I mean, like, I don't know how you wouldn't feel comfortable uh, to be on a show after someone came and did that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Conan, Conan's also like, I don't know. I feel like I've known Conan for a yeah. long time and, and Richter. So that, that's always a comfortable fit. Um, and Fallon, I've never done. Jimmy's great because yeah. he's very, um, he, I think the old guard of late night talk shows, they wanted you to stick to your, like, this is, because you have to do a pre-interview and then they pull out nuggets and it's like, okay, so they're probably going to ask you about this and ask you about this. But Jimmy is a, like, he really likes to riff. So yeah. I think a lot of people that go on a show don't, they're like, they're a, a lot of actor types. I don't think they riff as much. So when comics go on, I think it really, like, he likes to play. So I think you would be great. On, well, I'd now. love to do it. You know, Ferguson also did, never wanted to do a pre interview. No. It's just, you are really shooting the shit on that show. He and wanted a punk rock style. Yeah. And it could be a mess. It could be fun. <laughs> but that's the only talk show I've done where I'm like so relaxed. I'm like, well, who knows? I have no control over this. <laughs> I'm just going to enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I did, I did Ferguson a bunch too. Too, and then, um, but uh, and it's gonna be interesting to see how because there's never been so much shifting as there is right now. Yeah, how is that fitting in for you? Are you Great. in the cards on that? Like, are you gonna take over a thing? No, I don't think so. Uh, I have mean, have you been approached? Um, I have been told that. I'm on a list, but I don't. I don't know how short that list is. And okay. truthfully, I think there are many other people in line on that list before me. Would you take it? Uh, we're of course uh, we're talking about General Hospital, right? <laughs> the General Hospital. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the General. No, no. Like, uh, would, would, would you? Would you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Would you take the Daily Show? Oh, would you? Were you talking about? The, were you talking about? <laughs> no, the, Daily Show is definitely up for grabs. Would you take would, it? Um, I, you know, it'd be an, it'd be, a, it'd be a, uh, it'd be hard to say no to it. Sure. But I don't know if, um, I don't know. Tough to follow John. Well, impossible to follow John. I don't know how you follow, I don't know how you follow John. It's going to be tough, but you know, it's one of those things where you're like, well, if it was offered to me, I would, I couldn't know if I could say no to it. No, you couldn't really. Right. But I, I, I have such a comfortable spot with that midnight and it's super fun, and we've really kind of got it down, and you yeah. know we're doing well at midnight, and so you know it's like well, also like not to you know n- not to put your show down, but at midnight's a pretty easy show to run. It is a pretty the easy Daily show. To show run. It's going to be intense. There's no question at all that that show would wear a person down. You would get gray hairs next year. <laughs> the second, like the first episode, normal. Second episode, it's already like half gray. <laughs> and what do you feel about like the events and like your, because I, I think that an interesting point is some people are like, oh, they got to be like into politics and political. But I think someone coming at it with less of a, stance either way is actually a fresher yeah. take, you know, because I feel like when Stuart went in, you wouldn't say, oh, he's a liberal. He's a this, he's a that. Like he just, you know, you want to be like central. You want to be kind of independent. And you in should be, case. you should attack everyone equally. Like yeah. you should take shots at everyone equally. That's, I think that's sort of the idea. Of and it. I think the daily show does do that. I know, I know lots of the, <laughs> lots of people like to call it out as being, you know, uh, left left handed right but i think that's just because the right 
just makes so many bigger, <laughs> funnier things to pull at. But the but the left gets it too. The left gets it too. Would you host it? Would you take it over? Um. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. And I am. I. That's why I'm on your show. It's amazing. I'm so good. I, I don't know. Like you said, it's it's like uh, it's a tough one. I I don't think I have been told that um, I have not been told that I'm on a list. So I think I'm not <laughs> even close to hosting it. I also know when I when I do go on it, I'm going to go on it next week. It is like the most intense uh, work I've ever done. Like it, it's so like my brain hurts until the minute um John shakes my hand at the end because right. you're just working through and that's just for a chat. Right. So and that's because John holds the show to such high standards and he's involved in every step and he's challenging every joke and every point of view that I'm just like <laughs> by the time it's I mean, done. I, I've heard that he the schedule that he keeps on that show is pretty insane that, you know, he comes in in the morning and he there are writers on the show, but he pretty much like drives a lot of it. And that even after they do the script reads before they tape the show, he'll go into a room with the writers and yeah. they will still, it's like more jokes, more, and, and they'll just go through and refine all of the, the, oh, the jokes. Oh yeah. Every piece of that show has been meticulously called by Stuart. Like he, his, his DNA is, is, is in all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so that's why it's not, uh, any big surprise like oh well that's why you've won all these Emmys like, <laughs> because you put that much work into something and- there is something about having a singular voice I think that really makes a show stronger right. that being said the the executive producers and the writers on that show have been there for for a while now and they are really great so whoever does take his spot I'm assuming are going to have you know, his crew, which is an impeccable crew yeah. that I think will still keep the show at the integrity that John's going to leave it. It is it is just really um, exciting and unsettling to have him leave the post without knowing who's going to take his and place. And without Colbert, too. No Colbert. Yeah. No, no you know, like yeah. the whole. But you got your Larry Wilmore. Got Larry Wilmore, yeah. yeah. But, to, but to lose two, you know. To oh, lose I know. In one. Um, that's why I think they're going to give it to Yakov Smirnoff. <laughs> <laughs> Yakov Smirnoff. Boy, it is. It's exciting though. It's exciting to play the the Daily Show roulette game. But I know, I know, I have heard your name batted around, and you do seem like you have nothing to do around that time before you're at midnight show. I could do both. Not, I could do both. What are you doing? I know you have that one show on Sunday, and that's it, right? Like that's all you. That's do. all I do. Yeah. So it's like I got all this time. Yeah. Um. I, I honestly think. You know, I, I think it'd be good if they did diversify a bit. You know, I, oh yeah, I've been saying I think I've been saying I think Aisha Tyler would be a good would be a good choice for that. Oh yeah, she's she's genuinely awesome, and and also just has a very strong voice. And um, I think you know, I think it'd be nice to. to I mean, I. I I, I, again, if they said, "Would you want to do the Daily Show?" I of you course would say would be like, yes. Well, of but first, Aisha Tyler should do it. Well, and then just, when she's I, done, I'll I don't do think it. it. I think it'd be terrible. <laughs> I, I, think it, I think it'd be good. Like I've said this many times, I think it'd be good to to, to not have another white dude in in late, in late. Which night. you are. I am a white like, dude. Big time. I am part of that tribe. Yeah, yeah. it's so true. And, and I, even I'm like enough already. I know it is. It is like even I don't want. I don't want to call out all the white dudes that are filling in the open posts, but it is sort of like, really? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, everyone's great and they're, and they're going to be awesome, but it is something like, why isn't, why is, wasn't a woman even in the conversation almost for some of these late night posts, you yeah. know? So I know, I mean, I don't think I would get in trouble for saying this. I know it, 
Comedy Central that has been heavily in the conversation. But I just don't know. Oh, to, that they want a lady? That they're that that's an area that. Is that is to them. so refreshing, especially for Comedy Central. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. So well, it makes sense because they're having like such success with their female centric, with their female leads on their network as well. Not only that, but I I hope we're getting to a place where people don't see gender and then automatically think one thing or another. It's like I just think people want funny content, and if and funny is funny, you know. So it, yeah. I think I think that would be I don't know. I think it'd be great. I think it would be really great if they. If they, if they do it, I think so too, and I um and I hope you remember that when you take the job. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I said, <laughs> but come on, baby. Like, well, well, if you do do it, will you still have me be your um, female correspondent? Yes, please. It, Senior it, issue women's. Oh, no, I'll, I'll be even more offensive when I like. I'm like I put on a wig and I'm like, is this better? Oh they're like, that's God. way worse. Oh my God. <laughs> but speaking of funny and hilarious women, um, you're, I watched the first episode of Last Man on Earth, and you're so fucking funny. That show's so good. Oh, my God. We can cuss on this podcast? Yes. It's so good. I mean, like, so many shows, especially comedies, it usually takes, like, a half a season or a season to find the groove of the comedy. But that show was funny from the get-go. Uh, yeah, thank you. I agree. The pilot was was so good. It's rare to have a pilot just be like banging out the door. But even when I read the first script, I was just like, whoa, this is good. And that's unusual. It is unusual. Yeah. Especially because you can read a good script and still shoot the show and then watch it and go, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it gets network noted or they just like, you know, or they just don't cut it the right way or something right right you know but it it seems like will was pretty well like you're saying about Stuart, will's the same way almost he's he is it's yeah he is in the in it he's in his his little hands are in all the pots of the show like he's like when he wasn't shooting the show he was editing the show he was writing the show like he was sort of had to be in on every detail of the show. And, and you know, the, those those are the shows I think that really um, are special because of the singular voice and the u- uniqueness is uh, coming from one person. Like South Park is kind of the same way, right. where even though there's consultants and Matt Stone is very much a part of it, it's like Trey Parker sits down and he bangs out the script all by himself. And there's something about that that makes a show you know, really special because it sticks out as being different and not, not that ensemble Louis, comedy isn't Louis important. the same way. Yeah, yeah. It's just that it's, you know, when the right creative voice gets, doesn't get noted to death by, and get right. watered down by a million different, and what like, if you... And is really cocky and believes in themselves that much. <laughs> They're like, this is going to work. Well, sometimes it does. <laughs> I don't know. I'm such a collaborator because I like, I like to riff with people. Yeah. So it's... I don't even think I would enjoy if I was just, just like, get out of this room and leave me alone. I'm going to do everything myself. <laughs> I know. Because I don't even think I, I mean, I don't think I know everything better than anyone else. So oh. it just sort of feels like I, I like the team aspect of me it. Me too. I feel exactly the same way. I don't like writing by myself. I feel like if I write with someone, it's just going to be better because I'm going to have an idea and then they're going to have an idea and it's going to jump to the next level yeah. of an idea that I would have never gotten to yeah. before. And you have different chemistry. Uh, how long have you and Kurt Brennell ever been doing stuff together? Ten years. Wow. Yeah. I so know. the show that 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 shows the hot tub show started in New York, mm-hmm. and then you moved it to Los Angeles. Yeah. 
It's a fun show. It is a fun show. Hey, when was the last time you did it? I did it um, like three months ago, I think. Oh my god! Remember Two, that show ago? that I did of yours in Montreal for? It was a long time ago. It was for just for laughs, and yeah. you were hosting. And I went out and I did my taint monologue, and it was <laughs> the worst. And I came backstage, and I was just like, "All right, Chris, good to see you." You know, just trying to keep a strong face about it. And then I found out later that. They don't have that word taint in Canada. Like they don't have that word. So it, the, the, every punchline of that whole monologue was taint, 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 taint. And they didn't know and what it was. Just like silence, silence, silence. I think they call it tall. Yeah, they had a word for it that they told me and I forgot it. Whatever. I think it's, uh, I don't know what the, they must, they clearly must have a word for that. <laughs> but it, it's also, Montreal can be very tricky because. And I've always said it's an, it's a really and I love doing just for laughs festival. It's super fun. But some of the shows they're gonna invite you back. Okay, you know. Oh, okay, good. Okay, yeah. all right, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just relax. Blah 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 blah. Chris, I think you'll get invited. Oh, fuck! Yeah. I just want to play with their balls. I'm just saying I will play with their balls if I get to get wow. ass back. You're but, definitely getting invited. <laughs> but I just think that uh, Montreal is an interesting city to have. You know, a festival that showcases a lot of young comedians because. A lot of American comics aren't really, you know, Montreal skews a little more French mm. than what what they're, what uh, what a American comic is used to dealing with, and I think right. it's a good exercise yeah. to be able to play to an international audience. But it's just colloquialisms are different, and the subtext is different. Well, and, and their first language, their is first language French. is French, <laughs> and and they just don't. They, they also, I've been at shows and see and see people who crush in America have a really tough time with very wordy jokes and then watch like a guy come on and juggle and the crowd fucking goes nuts. Well, it's hard to follow a juggler. It is very hard to follow a juggler. Yeah, it's very hard to follow (laughs) a juggler. It's good that we have our showcase there. Yeah. The make or break showcase for American entertainment. You need to do your taint monologue. You need to be juggling taints. Oh my God. Well, that would be, wow, juggling taints. They'd be so tiny. (laughs) But I would do it. I would do it. (laughs) <laughs> That's what would be amazing about it. I know. You could juggle like 10 taints because the they don't take up. The delicate juggling act. <laughs> That's, that's how you do it. That's how you get the Quebecois on your side. Yeah. Uh, and, and so when did you, uh, when was Flight of the Concords? Was that 07? God, I think so. Or 08. It, it was about 10 years ago as well. That's no, crazy. Or no, or eight years ago. Whatever. And did you did you already know Jermaine and Brett, or did, did you audition for that, or did you? No. Speaking of comedy festivals, I did the HBO Comedy Festival, which okay. is no longer RIP in Aspen. In Aspen, yeah. yeah. And uh, they were already in development with HBO because they did the same festival the year before, and they were sort of writing their show, and then I did I did it, and then HBO sent them a video of me performing. And they were like, yeah, put her on. Oh, that's great. Mel. Yeah. That was <laughs> so another, I never met them. That was another character that was like really strong right out of the box. You knew exactly who she was. You knew exactly yeah. what she wanted. Yeah. You were friends with them, right? Yeah. You and Mike. Yeah. yeah. You guys are still buddies. We're still buddies. Yeah. Jermaine and Taika were just on. Um, I know. I wanted couple... to do that show, but I had to sh- work on my other show. Oh, you too know, many shows. Yeah, the time. So, a really nice problem I don't know to what have. to do with all these shows. Yeah, but I wanted to do it because I, <laughs> I adore them. Every time they're around I just want to um, oh gross I sound like my character <laughs> <laughs> never mind That's I do you're... really like them though <laughs> they're 
they're great. It'd be really funny if they if that was just the relationship you had with them, and you yeah. thought it was a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> we just that's just what came out. Yeah. How did you find the transition from because uh, the New York? New York has several very robust comedy scenes. I think there's a very robust club scene and there's a very robust alternative scene. And I think you, I'm guessing you came more out of the alternative kind of UCB sector of it. Yeah. And so did you transition immediately? Were you able to comfortably transition into more mainstreamy stuff or is never. it never never no <laughs> never never i never did the clubs like i think i did like i would do like a 10 minute spot at caroline's during like the alternative festival there oh, like, right i never did the clubs i only stuck to my weird little alternative hole in the wall bars and I, I was just happier that way. I didn't. I never really set out to be like a stand-up comedian either. So it wasn't like I had to achieve like I don't know. I didn't have an agenda, I guess. But mm-hmm. except for I want to perform in places where people will want to see me. Right. <laughs> and right. I never felt like the comedy clubs would be a good fit because I was doing stuff that I don't know. When you're a really good club comic then you know how to be universally funny. And I think the the jokes that I write are n- just not. <laughs> you know, and some people appreciate them and some people don't, but they are not for, they're just not for everybody. And that's okay. You know, I don't care. Do you, do you see, do you see your stage persona as a character, a characterized version of you, like part of your personality? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, sometimes. I, I, she, she, what if I <laughs> I'd like to speak to Kristen for a moment, <laughs> She's please. weird. Though so I, uh, I do think She just that, juggles taints all yeah, day. Yeah, she just, she juggled her taints. Yeah, that's a great example of why I'm not a good club comic performer. I just was, yeah, I just do weird things, but it's okay. Um, I like to think of, I remember when I was starting out and trying to get my courage up, I would listen to like Bjork and stuff and I'd be like, this is like your Bjork album, Shawl. You got this, you know, (laughs) you got some weird cuts on here, some weird songs, but it's yours and it's unique and some people are going to be into it and a lot of people aren't. But the cool thing is, is that people remember it. Like if they've seen it, they'd be like, I thought you do a weird thing where a boss came on stage and you guys slow motion dance with flowers coming out of a briefcase. I'm like, you remembered that. That was like eight or nine years ago. That's not something I could do at a club. That's not something I could put on an album. Right. But, you know, I did it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, because in, in clubs it's you know the higher joke volume per minute right and in the alternative spaces are much more performance spaces and people come in kind of understanding that like in a club people be like why are you doing that like they don't they don't wouldn't make the leap you'd have to hold their hand more to show them like i am doing this character this is who this character is this is why this right, is right you know? right yeah i'm just i don't know and maybe if i if i was a little cockier about myself i maybe i'd be like you're gonna like this you know i just <laughs> pushed it on but i just feel like I just feel like it's just like in a tiny little coffee shop. If you want to come get get a cappuccino and see something <laughs> weird, you should. But otherwise, if you want to go see Louie doing really great work, <laughs> yeah. But you did the Oddball Festival, and that was for like twenty thousand people. Yeah, you're some of those right. shows. I did. I did. <laughs> did that- 
Did you like performing for that many people? I, play, I have played for stadiums. You have. You kind of. I have opened for the Concords <laughs> at not, the Hollywood Bowl. It's, it's not, not a big deal. Just coffee shops. Oh, Radio City Musical. My name was on the marquee. <laughs> you know what? You're really bringing it. Oh, I never even thought. <gasps> what if Kristen leaves here and she's like, I am fucking amazing. Holy shit. I have played stadiums like Steve Martin, but only opening for other acts. You're the Steve Martin minutes. of openers. Yeah. And when I do it, the sunlight is out and people are finding their seats and ignoring me. But damn it, if I'm not on that stage. Yeah. <laughs> no, guys, you're weird. <laughs> I found some of those shows. I found the I found the Oddball tour to be really fun, but I but I do think that it, it's too many people. It's too many people for comedy. Really? I thought it would be a disaster, and then it turned out to be not a disaster. I was like, this is going to be a disaster, but again, not to be weird, but I'll get to hang out with my old friends, yeah. Brett and Jermaine, which I never get to see, so I'm in. And I actually thought that the the crowds were pretty decent. Like yeah. the only bad show we had was, well, you know, the notorious Hartford, Connecticut show. Oh, the with was with the Chappelle one? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't know what Chappelle is complaining about everybody being so loud during his set. People were dead quiet during mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what what he was doing. <laughs> So do you prefer like do you you're someone that I could see starting to do like really serious dramatic indie film stuff and then like, <gasps> Really? Yes. Is that what you see for me? I do. I do. I, I think you could do I think I see you doing both. Thanks. I think I could do both. Because I think it's harder to be a strong comic actor and I think if you can nail that then I think you can, you know, sift through the darkness a little bit and really find like some good fucked up dramatic oh, yeah. roles. Yeah, I got darkness in me, Chris. You yeah, have I no idea. I see it. Oh my god. Your eyes are black like a doll's eyes. Yeah, like Durst's eyes. <laughs> oh, and Robert Durst! He has the blackest eyes imaginable. <laughs> the blackest eyes. Well, you know they're contacts. What? Oh, he's wearing contacts. Oh, so everything yeah. about him is a lie? <laughs> well, what did you do? Yeah. I mean, of course he's like in disguise for his Are you wearing contacts, Robert Durst? I am not wearing <laughs> contacts. Okay, we just pulled one out of your eye. Well, I can't remember every detail. I Of my contacts. All I know is I came home and my eyes were being attacked by contact lenses. <laughs> so I... I had to chop them up. <laughs> that was the, that was they were in my house. <laughs> it was the best part of that trial in Texas where the lawyers are like, yes, he dismembered the body, but that's not the issue. We're like, Amazing. so you can just dismember a body and, it, and, and that's okay? Yeah. I mean, I get that wasn't the charge, but still. Amazing. And where's the head? Oh, where's the head? I, I was what, I was thinking about that too, like, the head is out there, yeah, by the way. That guy's cranky, puny yeah, Morris head. Black's head is out there. It's and just... if I was in Galveston, I'd be so creeped out about every rock I turn, like whatever cupboard I open, it'd be like, oh my God, there's a head here. Morris, Morris Black's head is on an attic just shouting at kids in a yard somewhere. Oh, <laughs> you're so right. He fucking stole a sandwich. He stole. He's been trying to get arrested so hard. That's what it is. That's why he made this documentary. He, I think he's desperate. I think he stole a sandwich. Did you see him when he when they said not guilty? He like 
didn't believe it, and and he did not look happy about it. They said guilty. They, no, they said not guilty. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> fuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but watching his involuntary um, uh, guilt vomit almost come up when he when he was like, "Well, how do you explain we had the burp. this?" Yeah. Like his body, like immediately, yeah, was yeah. like, it. like it was almost like something was. I almost expected like a. A men in black tiny creature to come out and be like, "You caught us!" <laughs> I know, and his uh, and under his eyes got so red. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of like I know this is terrible to say, but I'm sort of hoping that he kind of gets off. Again. <laughs> Why would you want him to get Just off? Just to go with the theme, you know, the legend. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just the, the rhythm of it, you know, there's just a, this is a part of our, you know, no, the I, story. This, this could be the combo breaker. This one could be the combo breaker, but I do. But, you know, again, when you're sort of looking at the evidence and you, and you, you know, okay, it seems like the bathroom confession is going to be admissible, but they can also argue that I think one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to say, well, he was fucking with them because he knew he was miked. Yeah. He was being sarcastic. Oh, I did it. Right. Or they're going to go, all right, all right, all right. Look, he did, he did it, but if you listen to the way he's talking to himself in the bathroom, he has multiple personality disorder, oh, and yeah. he should be in a home. He should be in a, 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 a mental facility. Right, right. And also, who's to say that their lawyers won't find a way to convince the jury that the, you know, the, the sound was edited? Right. By them or tampered with. And right. the whole, I don't know what's coming out, but the whole thing about how maybe, you know, they were withholding evidence so their special could come out, which is also like tough because maybe Durst is going to get off, but also great for us because wasn't it enjoyable? It was so enjoyable was and great- so <laughs> worth it. If justice, was arrest- if justice was thwarted just for a minute, just so we could get that ending... Where my girlfriend and I were like, when he was in the bathroom and the whole like, what do you got? You're caught. Like, we grabbed each other like. (gasps) Yeah. But, you know, the LAPD issued a statement, or someone from the LAPD, I read, issued a statement saying that it has arrested nothing to do with this. There was evidence, other evidence that they found that hasn't been released yet. Oh, well, I knew about that because I was doing some research on my own before this whole thing came out. We're all suits now. Yeah, he was like, you know, there was all kinds of records about where he was exactly when and what in, in California and this and that. I mean, it's... I'm a sloop. Where's and this and you that? You solved and you, it. You got it? You got it. You're, a, you're just going to run up to him. You're arrest. Citizen's hey. arrest. Citizen's arrest, Mr. Durst. I have had enough of you. At least citizen's arrest for creeping me out in my dreams, God damn Blah. it. Okay, you caught me. Blah. And then he starts throwing up in his own mouth again. Yeah, it's such a strange... His, his, his whole... You know, it's like, is he a sociopath? Is he, uh, is he, is he a, just a psychopath? A, is he just is he, a bad seed? Is he just a, is he just a bad seed? He could just be, could just be like, like that, uh, that movie with Macaulay Culkin yeah, and Elijah Wood. Yeah, I haven't Wood, seen it, but I get it. Where he's just a, he's just a bad, he's just a bad. Some people are born bad. He, they, Isn't that a song? I'm born bad. Is that a song? Probably. Yeah, okay. I think I'm going to say it is a song. <laughs> but just his collection of cells just are, when put together, form the color black. Yeah, and that's just that's just how that's just how it is. But I, 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 it'll be really interesting to see if he if he can get off again. If he gets if he gets off again, someone's just gonna kill him. Someone's gonna be oh, like, oh, you know, I thought that about Casey Anthony. I thought that about George Zimmerman. No, 
No, you're right. It doesn't happen. You're absolutely right. Because they're the bad guys. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the only person who's been around more murders than Robert Durst is Jessica Fletcher. (laughs) And she's... Yeah. She's fine. And she's fine. She's fine. She's totally fine. But it's... When you start looking at the evidence, you're like... Okay, she died in California, but he was in California. Okay, and listen, he was in, and then that person in Galveston. But it's the it's the legal, you know, it's it's the it's the due process, and it's the um, it's the uh, uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. And he's just managed, yeah, to because ju- in Texas, if someone else is in your apartment, um, yeah, you could stab him in the face with a kitchen knife, and 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 everyone would be like, well, shouldn't have been in there, you know. Yeah. So it's. He just happened to be in the right state for the type of murder that happened. Right. Allegedly. <laughs> no, I mean, he did. <laughs> he did do it. He did it. He definitely, he allegedly, definitely. God, where is, where is Morris Black's head? I don't know. I honestly, I mean, I, I don't know why that uh, didn't come up somewhere. Yeah. Because he, they, they pointed out the fact that he went back to get the to head. get the head. Yeah. But he's still innocent. It really makes you question our judicial system. It is nice to think that Morris Black's head could be fertilizing a beautiful tree somewhere oh my God. that will have like a crusty face. Look in the at you, Heffel. <laughs> yeah, and then and then someone from the Game of Thrones will like pray in front of it or whatever, right? <laughs> their There's a three-eyed crow living in the, living on Morris Black's head. <laughs> <laughs> Are you work? You're about you're about to go on tour. Yeah, tomorrow I leave. Uh, we're gonna do Bob's Burgers tour. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god, you work on the best shows. Thank you. God damn I it. Agree. I agree. I've been. I'm. I'm really a lucky lady. Is this what you set out to do? Are you doing? In other words, if you were in the thing that you always wanted to achieve, would you be able to recognize it? Yeah. And, and we're in it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really hungry for an agreement. Definitely, I I am. I I think that. I mean, this is sort of you know this. I mean, you must agree with. I probably you probably couldn't imagine that you'd be doing specifically the work you were doing, but no. you well, you knew you wanted to. Like I knew I wanted to be in cartoons. You know, I knew I wanted to be in a really good comedy show. I always wanted to uh, sort of. I don't want to say I'm the lead, but I'm kind of the lead in this last man show. Yeah, I'm number two on the call sheet. That does it. make you a lead. Um, it, and I've always, oh, I've always wanted that. So it's just been really nice. I never imagined what they would be. You know, right. I ne- you know, you just never imagine. But it's so it's so nice when it happens. Are you selective? Like when you're going through <clears throat> when you go through pilot season, do you do you read stuff and go, you know, I just don't want to waste time on this because I'm just not a fan of it? Or did you would you audition for everything? No, I wouldn't. Yeah, I'm selective for sure because I'm I've always been terrified because you know you have to sign a contract that says that you're in you're on board for seven years. Seven years before before anything. Yeah, the, before the final audition, basically before you go to yeah. net, before you go to studio, you have to go to studio and then you pass the studio level and you have to pass a network. Yeah, and before you go to studio, you just like you said, I'm just letting people know if they don't know, you have to sign the contract. Like here's how much you'll get paid, which of course fucks with your head. Oh yeah, you're not because you're not getting any money anywhere. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and and this is this deal is for seven years yeah. if it gets picked up. So the best case scenario is is weirdly daunting because it you you're like okay, am I it's right. seven years, right. Right. seven years, and no amount of money after year three is going to make you happy if you hate the thing that you have to do every day. Agreed, agreed. And there is something about it when because you, you do put your whole self into a show or or at least you want to. 
And trying to do that with a show that you don't believe in, I think, would be really heartbreaking. Yeah. That being said, I'm sure I'll get to a place where I'll absolutely do anything <laughs> and with a big smile on my face. <laughs> I'm going to get over that hurdle of only wanting to do stuff I really like, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I, I think, I mean, the good news is it's not something you have to worry about right now. So. <laughs> no, I'm I'm busy right now. <laughs> um, do you, Did you fall on your face off a bike? Yeah. Are you okay? You yeah, seem okay. I did. I fell off my bike uh, June 20th, and I broke out three of my teeth. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I had heard that it that hurt. happened, and then and then I think Kurt said that you pulled out your temporary teeth at a show. Yeah, at our hot tub show. <laughs> I got drunk at the Creative Emmys, and I really popped them out to people who I'd never <laughs> seen. Never seen in a long time. I actually... Well, I was really. It was. There's a lot. If you want to look younger, you gotta. You just lose your your front chompers because you'll be like seven years old all over again. <laughs> yeah, I just was flipped over the front handlebars of this bike I'd rented up in. Um, uh, what is it? You know, Slowbang. Oh yeah. Sideways was filmed. We were doing some tastings of wine, but I don't want to say I was wasted, but I wasn't totally sober, and um, I was just laughing and having fun. And and then my bike just hit the side of the asphalt wrong, and next thing I know, I was on the ground, and I opened my eyes, and there's a pool of blood in my teeth in the middle of it. Oh my god! And the first people to pull over, I was with my husband. The first people to pull over to help us was a dentist and his nurse wife. Oh shit. And it was amazing. And the dentist was like, grab her like told my husband Rich, like, let's get her teeth. And then the nurse was just beside me just being like, why don't you just stay still? And I was like, oh no problem. And I didn't know what was going on. I, I knew it was bad, but I just I I didn't know the severity of it because I was in shock. So then the best part, oh, then we went to the emergency room and the ER guy was trying to shove my teeth back in. And I don't even think he knew which ones went where. (laughs) And we had dinner reservations at the hitching post at seven. And I looked at the clock, it was six. And I was like, we might still make dinner. (laughs) I really was really a jock. And then when he couldn't get the teeth in, I was like, maybe not. Yeah, and my lip split too. But um. But yeah, and then I, the the best part of the story is that this man in uh, Santa Barbara was a one of the leading um, <laughs> implant dentists oh in the goodness. country. Opened up his office and immediately was able to had my teeth so he could make copies of them, but also was able to surgically put the implants in so the bone. I had a, it was a mess, and he's also a. One of the not only the nation's leading implant dentist, but also um, he's a base jumper. Oh, so like he would, I would have to go back to Santa Barbara often to get the it worked on as we went, and he was just like, "All right, I'm going to Austria, so if I don't come back, the main work is done. So you're fine." <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, he does the thing where he jumps off cliffs with like in the squirrel suits too. His name is Joe Joe Weber. Um, that's incredible. Isn't that crazy? I mean, what a, what a character. He was super you, cocky too. Like he'd be like working on my mouth and be like, Ooh, I'm a good dentist. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> Which is what you want. But that sounds like something an 11 year old says like, I'm going to be a base jumping dentist. Holy, I know, I know. But oh, so then I saw, I knew I had to film this TV show too. And I had like, I, I and so I saw Will and I, luckily the start date kept getting pushed back so i had time to heal but not because of that but i still i ran into will at a bar because i was judging the um the the 
the Air Guitar Championship. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, you get it. Yeah. And, um, and Will was there because his friend was there, and I hadn't seen him in months and months. And he's like, Kristen, and, and um, I was like, hey. And I was like, listen, I want to talk to you about something. Because we had this sex scene. I, I knew we had a sex scene in episode three, and here I was without my teeth, you know, <laughs> just a flipper, basically. And I was like, I want to show you something. <laughs> And I, I, I was like, I popped my teeth out for him, and I was like, I think this would be really good <gasps> if we used it right before our sex scene. Like, I could pop out my teeth and just like it would be like, oh, you're here, you know, because there'd be no dentists yeah. in the world then, and all this stuff. And um, he was like, that's great. I'm gonna tell my writers about it, and then. Then I got my teeth fixed. Oh. So did you <laughs> so rip them out anyway to make the joke work? No oh. way. They are in permanently now. Do you they know cannot how, come out. Do you know how much you could have fucked with Rich if when they pulled up in the car and you were on the sidewalk, you were like, he hit me. Oh, I know. I think he's... <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, my God. He, he has post-traumatic stress disorder from the whole thing, poor guy. Aww. You know, You know your husband loves you and didn't marry you for your looks when, <laughs> when he sticks with you with your... Mouth completely <laughs> but bashed open. in. Yeah, but you know, you look like you would never be able I to tell. Really well, and the guy did a great job because he had my teeth, so he's able to make copies of them, put them back in where they went. My lip healed really well. Also, I ate bone marrow like every day. Really, and that and, helped. Yeah, it did help. I gained like nine pounds, <laughs> but <laughs> but it healed it really fast. Was there uh, any part of you that was like, um, maybe I should get vampire teeth put in? No, I did. I was like, they are a little whiter than my old teeth. <laughs> they look good. Like- I deserve it. <laughs> then I was like, God, if anyone needed to be defanged and humbled more, it's definitely me. <laughs> do you? Will you ever get on a bike again? No. No, of course not. I don't think so i do lots of um i do lots of bikes uh stationary bike riding but that's it did you did it this may be a dumb question but did it hurt or were you in so much shock that you didn't that's the thing no i was in so much shock and and then i was on you know as soon as i got to the the er like they like numbed me up and gave me some stuff and then yeah it did not it was one of the least painful major injuries i've I think a person could have, I have to say, because later, cause my whole mouth was impacted so much. I'm, it's going to happen throughout where the teeth, some of the teeth are compromised. So they're going to die. So I had like my first kind of situation where my, I needed a root canal and uh-huh. I like took a bite of cereal or whatever. And it was like, Oh, it, that hurt worse than losing, than knocking out my teeth, which made me think like, no wonder I got so many flowers. Because <laughs> I think people associated that pain with what had happened to me. Right. But that wasn't the pain because they were gone. Like, there was nothing to die in my mouth. Like, they were knocked out completely. Oh, my God. And yeah. did you ever make it to the hitching post? No, we haven't been back. And I want to go. I want to go back to that road. And I want to put three tiny white crosses on the side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did they give you the teeth to keep? Do you still have them? I wanted them. And the, and the dentist wouldn't give them to me. He said they're like, because uh, they're like cadaver bo- bones, oh, basically. So he... And and he couldn't turn them over to me for some reason. What if that's weird? Yeah, I don't know. What if the, what if he doesn't make a base jump and when they go collect him, he's just, his suit is just full of teeth. <laughs> He just made that up. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. This guy's a tooth collector. That's funny. They wanted me to talk about the the bike accident on Conan, and I was like, nope. 
because I didn't want people to look at my mouth more. Oh, while they, <laughs> while you were talking on the no, thing. No, just in general, you know, ah, like, yeah, is that idea? Now I'm just like, who knows how many people are listening? And I'm like, yeah, knock out my teeth. But you can't tell. <laughs> Sorry, Conan. You can't tell at all. No, you can't tell they, at all. Thank you. Uh, but I think it's also, I think it's a harder story to tell in just like a couple minutes. That's too. so true. That's so true. There are some, a couple pictures I took in the summer, like, because I had to go to Comic-Con where it's like, whoa. <laughs> like, I can really tell. And then, like, the first episode or two of, of Last Man 2, I hadn't got them completely fixed yet either. Does it seem like you guys will be doing Great, last? Kristen, smart. <laughs> I don't want anyone to really look, but let me tell you exactly where you can find pictures and evidence of my healing of this major injury. Please don't go back and look at it. <laughs> are you going to go to Comic-Con this year? Are they going to send you to Comic-Con this year? I, yeah, I, I think I got to, until Bob's is done, I think I get to go every year. Woohoo! Oh, good. But I would think they would go, like, they would send Last Man, too. Oh, for Last Man? I yeah. don't know. They haven't discussed it. I think they should. I wouldn't like to go. Last year it was tricky because they did um, just for laughs at the same time as as, oh. as Comic Con, and so like people were split. Yeah. So a bunch of people that would have gone to Comic Con, like the Silicon Valley guys, they got sent to J- JFL. Well, like, there's the thing about Comic Con that I'm always because I remember the first year I went, I was there with Bob's, and it's like me with with the, in the same hotel as the kids from Glee. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why is Glee here, right? What is Comic-Con? <laughs> like, I could understand Gotham. You know, right. I can understand anything that can trace back to some sort of comic book or animated thing. Yeah. But not like, you know, even Last Man, I'm like, I'll, I'll go. Right. But it's like, why? I think because... It's um, just changing what it is. I think because it's basically widened the scope because so many people go to San Diego yeah. that it's widened the scope of not just being what would traditionally be thought of as nerd centric things. It's, it's more like pop culture con, you know, yeah. and it does it does rub like proto nerds the wrong way. We're like, why is Glee here? You know, or, or I mean, whatever. I, I don't mean to no, to yeah, no. shit on Glee. Why are you? But I was like, I was like, oh, Glee's here. I'm like, well, what? And then there was like all kinds of other movies there. Like Silicon Valley is cool and nerdy, but then they should be there. Right. But it's just like, wait, why would they go? Why would Last Man go? Why would anybody go? I think just because it, it's part of pop culture and that, and that it, is, it is like a pop culture show Well, now. that's why it's getting driven out of San Diego. It's not getting driven out of San Diego. I heard it is. It's not. It'll be in San Diego for a while. Okay. Well, did you just become the president of Comic? <laughs> <laughs> I just think there's... I just think it'll. I just think. Look at how I said that. <laughs> like I <knew. laughs> but I also think that you know, um, not only the current show, but also stuff you've been in before. You know, Concords and Bob's Burgers, and you know, with Will and his history. I I think it it makes sense to have you guys there because I think Comic Con's all about fandom, and you guys yeah. you guys have been on stuff that and people are big fans. You know, more than just sort of being like, oh, I was casually on a sitcom. It's like. Concords had a very strong audience. Yeah. A very devoted audience. Well, I'll see you at Comic-Con with my last man cast. (laughs) Last man. And the whole time on the panel, you should be like, why am I here? Why am I here? Come on. (laughs) Make a comic book first. Then we should come. Because isn't the whole whole area, too, there's like, like the comic book artists are like, nobody's going over there and looking at their stuff. 
I think they do. I just think. Do you? Yes, I do because I like to go buy. I have. T- I'm getting so feisty. I have way more. <laughs> I, I I love to go buy uh, original artwork, mm-hmm. and I have way more artwork than I'll ever be able to hang. But I just like to go find unique, special oh. things that you can't yeah. get. You can't get anywhere else, and that's one of the things that you can get at Comic Con. Is it, and it's also going to Artist Alley and then having people. Um, uh, draw stuff like like pay them to draw cool stuff for you because then you get an original piece of work that's unique to the to the event and unique to you and you, and so I just I like I like doing that and I like that's to cool. I've never done that I'm gonna do that this year I like to support um I like to support local artists and places that's why I have so many t-shirts because I I will go buy like you know homespun t-shirts at like if I'm performing in a city and there's like an art craft fair it's like oh I'll go buy t-shirts there just because it, it's got a special story and someone made it with their own two hands and I, I like the story behind that so yeah that is really cool so it, that part's fun but yeah it is you know it's just sort of the it, it, it's just the bigger something like comic-con gets the more people are invited in and that's great and it just it just it means you have to make more room for people and some people aren't a fan of that but i happen i happen to be. i'm a fan of it i'm a fan of all the projects what <laughs> <laughs> thank you senator uh is there a type of thing, is there a type of character that you would really want to play that you, that's in you that you think would surprise people? Yeah, I, well, I would love to play, like you said, some dra- dramatic uh, role. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is yet. And I've also always wanted to be like, a, play like a superhero, mm-hmm. but who hasn't? Yeah. Um, I know I've been told that I might make a good squirrel girl. <laughs> just saying not to turn into that woman who wanted to be Catwoman, but i i think i would um but yeah i'd love to be i'd love to be like someone who sort of uh, beats all the odds and saves lives yeah <laughs> very unexpectedly yeah i mean you know when well when um when Will did Nebraska, people were like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Look at that. But I it's, don't know it's why not... people thought that. It's so obvious he's a... I think it's just because people tend to... They have to make so much room in their brains for so many different things. And right. so there's just enough to see people one-dimensionally, usually. It's like, oh, that guy does that. Okay, that that lady does that. Yeah. Okay, this, that's that, this, that. And so they just, you know, it just takes too much energy to go, I wonder what the depths of this person's talents and dreams are. And so they have to, you know, you just got to show them. Yeah. But I, I, think, I think there's something, I think there are super crazy, fun, cool, weird, dark things in your future. Let me look deeper into this crystal ball. I, I, I think you're right. You just changed my whole um, dreams and wants. You've always, you've consistently um, crushed on At Midnight too. Yeah, I gotta come back. You really do have to come back. I like that show. But you're too busy with all your fucking jobs and stuff. <sighs> Don't talk to me about jobs, Hardwick. Please. <laughs> you're gonna take over the Daily Show. We'll just start telling you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just start. We'll just start rumors now. Yeah, we really did. Are you gonna leave that Daily Show stuff on there? Yeah, Are you I'll gonna it edit it out? No, no, I'll leave it in there. Okay, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it's good. I think it, it's good to talk about it. I know? do too because it is, you know, it it's a part of so many people's daily pattern, you know, and that's and people yeah. don't like change. Yeah, and so uh, you know, as any Doctor Who fan knows, you have to learn to embrace change. Uh, and so it, it's very helpful. It'd be amazing if John regenerated as another host. If there was just a regenerate, you probably don't. I don't know if you watch Doctor Who or not, but uh, yeah, yeah. 
Doesn't sound like you. I, it seems like this is the okay, podcast but the look where I should your, say that I definitely. The look on your face doctor. would suggest that you what? don't. You can't see my face, listeners. No. That's not my look. This is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're, Doctor Who. You're Durst burping right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> doctor. Doctor. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the role that you, you'll you'll play Robert Durst in something at some point. <laughs> maybe. What a creep. Yeah, I think uh, I think his I think his journey is about to come to an end. See, I don't really. I think he's gonna. Like I said, I think he's gonna get off. I mean the um, the real estate that that company. That his family, it's yeah. shocking. The Freedom Tower. Yes. Oh, my God. I made a thing on Instagram that I thought would be really funny, but no one gave a shit. But I, uh, April Richardson rightly pointed out that he looks exactly like Frylock from uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh. <laughs> and so I just, I, I photoshopped like a realistic Frylock by just adding fries to his head. And then I was like, well, why stop there? So then I made the rest of them. Like, oh I, my gosh, that's great. And, uh, and no, yeah, D- Douglas, I thought made a good meat wad. So I just shrank his face. Um, yeah, play Douglas, but not really. In his, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, okay. I remember Mindy Kaling tweeted like, "Why, why are the documentarians kind of getting on uh, Douglas? You know, who obviously is just scared and wanted to protect himself or whatever." Right. And and I thought about that. I was like, kind of, yeah, but he had the money to hire a bodyguard and kind of knows that he's a threat. But then all the family's resources are also going to protect their brother. Of course. Consistently killing people <laughs> that don't have the money to hire bodyguards. You know, it's like a little bit. It's a tough situation. It is a very and tough I situation would, for some very be rich people. In his, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but even the circumstances of the mom's death are weird. Yeah, because he said he was there and he recited yeah. the story, and then another story came out that was like he wasn't there. So that was sort of weird too. Yeah, there. Like, the whole family is. Uh, Great. Great for <laughs> HBO. <laughs> I mean, it, and he looks so much like his dad. Like, when you see the pictures of Seymour Durst and you see the pictures of Bob Durst, yeah. they're like, they just kind of seem like the, like they're the same dude. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you ever wish, when you watch that, do you go, oh yeah, money corrupts people? Or do you think, like, no, it was just them? Like, would you ever, would you ever want, like, hundreds of millions of dollars? Or are you happy, you know? Oh, I'm so happy. I mean, I have everything I want. I always just wanted to be able to order what I felt like on a restaurant menu, and I can do that now. (laughs) So you've made it. I'm done. (laughs) Yeah, I don't need to make any more money. I could get a beverage if I want, an app if I want. And even a dessert. No, in the same meal? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to save up for Friday. No, I'm doing all right. I remember being in college and there was a burger place called Headlines in Westwood where I went, I went to UCLA. And it they had a burger special that was like $3.24. And I remember like when I could s- scrape enough pennies together to go get that. It was yeah. a feast. Yeah. I know. I I remember. Well, when I was little, we would never go out to eat at restaurants. And then when we finally did, because we got all A's, it was a big deal. We were not allowed to order a beverage or dessert. Just like get your mains. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting out of here. (laughs) But it was worth getting the A for. Yeah, kind of. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. They made restaurants more special to me because of that, I think. And like being able to order what I wanted is like, wow. Where did you grow up? 
Colorado. Wait, where? By Boulder, Longmont. What? Wait, what? I went to high school in Denver. Which one? Regis. Oh, I was afraid you were going to say like a bad one. No. I, I, yeah, I went to Skyline. Wow. Did you grow up in Colorado? No, I moved there. My mom remarried when I was 13 and we moved there. And so I started my freshman year of high school in Memphis and then we moved to Denver for the, the end of my freshman year, sophomore and junior, and then we moved to L.A. Oh, come on, Mom. Like, <laughs> we're, no wonder you're a workaholic. Jeez. Like, oh, you never got it. to make... Oh, because you didn't like any of the high schools? Did I, you make friends at any of them? Yeah, and I'm still, I still talk to some of... I still, hmm. like, I still have, like, the guy who's my best friend in high school in Denver, I still talk to you when I go to Denver. We hang out. And, That's cool. Yeah. I like, I like Colorado a lot. I, yeah. I really like it a lot. It's gotten cooler now, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? What, what, what? Uh, Marijuana. Wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought because, you know, the oh, no. warming trends were... No marijuana. Well, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Mostly marijuana? Is it just some, some marijuana? All of it. What? All of it? Yeah, all of it. For sale. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a beautiful place. And uh, I really... I love going there. And the drive from Denver to Boulder is so pretty yeah i know it's gorgeous and the sunsets are better too i grew up in i when i when i was there i lived in littleton and there was nothing there except our little development like our little townhome development and then there was like a, a like a video store and a dry cleaners yeah and there was it it was all prairies there were fucking prairie dogs everywhere and and i i would have gone to columbine if i hadn't gone to private school yeah that was the school i was referencing and then i felt really bad because columbine is a school who has risen up from the ashes they have and they've got you know they're a good school it's all good yeah everybody's fine everyone's fine now yeah everything's mostly, great mostly everyone's fine yeah you know. <laughs> Marijuana! Marijuana is for sale in Colorado, and they're putting all the money back into the education system. But when I went back there, it's a, like, I don't know if Longmont's like this, but it, the development was insane. Yeah. Like, it's, there, every square inch is filled with stuff. Oh, it's like cookie-cutter houses for miles, you know, and all over the farmland where I grew up. It's every time I would come home from Christmas from going to college, I was just like... Whoa. Yeah, with the development. A lot of people from California moved to Colorado. It's a peaceful, nice place. It's I feel like it's sort of the right amount of hippie where it it's you don't feel like all right, I get it. You know, like it's just like people are just cool. Like I really I occasionally I'll just look at ranch property in Colorado. Like, what if I were just to buy a ranch in Colorado someday? Yeah, Chris, I'm sure you could. Maybe someday. Come on. Maybe someday. Where would you buy? I don't know. I, you know, I, I think I'd want it to be in relative proximity to a, to a city so it yeah. wouldn't feel like I'm all alone in the middle of nowhere. You yeah, know? I would hate that feeling. It would feel creepy. Yeah. Because you just think like, well, someone could just show up and murder me. And That's no one, all I think. No one would. <laughs> That's all I think. Yeah. About isolated places. It would be days before anyone figured out the killer would be, oh, would be so far away. dropped an envelope to the boulder police yeah i mean robert <laughs> robert durst killed people in big cities and it's got away with it like what chance do we have if we're out on the range somewhere yeah you better learn how to fire a gun and protect yourself 
God, why did you have to bring it to this dark place? I don't know. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I'm just talking about how we're going to defend ourselves when we all moved back to Colorado. And we're on the ranch. When we get a big comedy ranch together. <laughs> and, and we turn the barn into a club. And then we all do time. It's going to be peaceful. No murderers hang out. There's not going to no. be any murdering there no. when we're there. Are, are you, do you think, were you and, do you and Rich live here in L.A.? Mm-hmm. Were you, do you think you, are you happy in L.A.? I love it. Just the other day, I was like, I was like, LA is my home or something. And I was like, whoa, what did I say? <laughs> I really, really love it. But also, I always had a romanticized uh, impression of Los Angeles. Whenever, every time I came here from New York, I was like, this is where it happens, you know, and I, and I loved it. Because when I was coming here, I was coming here for things to do, like business and stuff. So I always wanted to live here. I was just sort of waiting for LA to invite me officially with a job. And then they never did, and I was like, well, let's just go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, New York is amazing for some things, but if you, you know, if you if you want to work more in entertainment, you kind of got to be in Los Angeles. You do. I mean, I was in New York for 12 years, and, well, you know, like, it, and, and it was wonderful, but it did get to this point where it's like, I was only on The Daily Show occasionally, I got to guest on 30 Rock, SNL, I was never going to do. So it's like, well, <laughs> what now? You know? <laughs> yeah. Why? Did you not want to do it or did they, were they? Oh, no. I, I actually did. Of course I wanted to do it, but it was, it was uh, just one of those situations where when it was, when I was on their radar to audition, I was doing Play of the Concords. Oh, gotcha. And then, and then after that, it was, they, they kind of locked in their ladies. Right. And their ladies were incredible and nobody was leaving. Right. For like seven years. Yeah. And so, you know, that's that's the way it goes. But it was better for the show because they were so great. Yeah, I don't know. They, they could have used some heroes. more ladies. They could have used more ladies. <laughs> more ladies? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. So, so I mean, I would have loved to have done it just, just mainly for like the – there's something about like working with Will and he's worked – you know, Emily Spivey's on the show and John Solomon and all these – incredible uh, SNL alum and and I was just sort of I'm afraid to read Amy Poehler's book because some because I know she's gonna go into her time there and I think I'll get really jealous because just about the feeling of family of like we are in this together we are gonna be here all night at 30 Rock and we're there's just some sort of bonding that I really lust after with, uh, with <laughs> comedians and um, that I didn't get. And I was so close but not there that I really missed. But You could turn into some like uh, just Joan Crawford style person on your set with Will where you're like, we are going to be here all night because I want to <laughs> know we're going to be a family. I like want to be a family. I want this to be a fraternity of laughs. Let's go. You're going to be like the stepmom where I'm like, we are going to be a family. <laughs> This is going to happen. Yeah, I wish. The, the, what about you? Did you ever audition for SNL? No. Yeah. I auditioned for Mad a bunch of times, but I was never Oh, on. I auditioned for Mad. Yeah. yeah. it did not work out. It didn't work out for me either. I, I was too young. We were too young. I, we, were just, we just didn't know <laughs> ourselves yet. Yeah, it wasn't our fault at all. I our voices. Uh, to be fair, I think we dodged a bullet, though. But yeah. Uh, yeah, SNL was just one of those ones where it just, the timing of it was never, I mean, you know, it. If they have Will Forte, why would they audition me? You know what I mean? Like it's like how many how many sandy haired white guys do they need? <laughs> you know? So it's just sort of 
it just wasn't the timing was never yeah. not that I even would have had a prayer, but I just the timing of it was never right to even audition for it. So yeah, yeah. It was always like, yeah, you know, they're good. They got all there. I'm like, okay. I know, but it is sort of fun too. To even though again, I I do I do miss miss it miss my romance of it, but it is nice to feel like you sort of set your own path without it too. Yeah. It's kind of kind of cool. I mean, I have no complaints about I mean, the way things were, worked out. I'm yeah, me neither. I'm like, "Oh, this is kind of cool." Like I cuz some some people cuz cuz you know, SNL is kind of like the uh, the Oz of comedy land. Right. You know, it's like we're all trying to go to this Emerald City. And then, but maybe some of us are happy in the poppies, you know? <laughs> or, or, you know, maybe there's, you know, you could be standing in another Emerald City and not even realize not that you're even, in, the, in the Emerald City, you, you know? know? You like, never know you're in a golden age till it's over. I honestly, that's such a, that's absolutely true because, you know, I think it, I always remember watching uh, The Late Shift when Letterman gets so obsessed with like, but I want The Tonight Show. And it's just like, yeah. you know, it's, I know you want that, but it's not going to be the thing you think it's going to be. And you'll be much better. And then just kind of like, oh, okay. You know, like we get these ideas in our head about what we think things have to be. And we're usually not right. Yeah. Just like, just like, you know, I knew I wanted these things. I didn't know how to get to them, but, and I didn't even know what they were. <laughs> and then they started, you just have to kind of keep not, not, not doing your work. What is what 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 <laughs> things what things in your life would blow your mind from before? Before like like 10 years ago, what things are you doing now where you're like, "Holy shit, I can't believe that." that I that. I think being on um like two cartoons and a network show and doing the Daily Show and being married to a great guy would blow my mind if I could tell my 20 year old self like listen in your like mid to late 30s things are gonna be fine and you don't have to cry in your wine while you're like lonely in your room because I like I remember like going to see like uh Patton Oswalt had a had a show that he was doing called the Comedians of Comedy yeah Maria Bamford and Zach Galifianakis Posehn was saying this other woman that I did something where she was holding a baby and telling the audience to be quiet because she couldn't get a sitter and the, she was trying to get the baby to sleep and I don't know who she was and I've been asking people and I'm and they couldn't tell me but in any case I remember afterwards I was just getting into the scene but wasn't quite in yet and there was like I went to the show and there was like an after party and I was trying to get myself in <laughs> and I couldn't <laughs> I was like yeah. Such a sad night. Damn it. I just remember it because I wrote about it. I wrote it and I read it the other day. I'm like, ah, whatever. I wonder, that bit sounds really familiar. It's a great bit. So she, yeah, she comes out and she's just like trying to make the Fuck. baby go to sleep. And she tell, tells jokes, but if anyone laughs, she's just like, she's like, yeah, and then she like walks the baby around the stage. Well, I know there was a, there was a, a comic named Kristen Herman who was married to uh, Mark Rivers, oh. who is married to Mark I Rivers. I know Kristen. Sorry, my phone is like, go listen to that. Who You're very popular. That? Conan, why didn't you tell the story of the bike on my no, show? I see what's happening. There's like a, you know, people like get into 
group text. Oh yeah, and then everyone's got to respond. I gotta be in on that. And then and then the fifth or sixth one is them fucking with everyone. They're like, "Look, we're all in the group text." So like, you're making it worse. Oh, especially when some of those people don't live in your time zone, so it's just going off when you're like trying to sleep. It'd be really nice if you could pull yourself off a group text. Yeah, why can't you? I don't know. Maybe you can, and we're just you know what'd be even better if you could delete a text that you sent that you didn't want to. That's yes, but that's impossible. I know. You'd have to. There was there was a Google add-on for a while, the Gmail, where you could set it to certain times of the night if you knew that you were probably going to drunk email people, and it would save the email until the next morning so you could review it. That's great. Yeah. But Kristen Herman did a bit where she was, uh, pr- like, she came out uh, as a, like, she st- put a, a baby thing in her shirt, in her shirt, so she looked pregnant. Uh-huh. A baby thing. Yeah, uh, like a pillow? A, or- a pillow or something. <laughs> um, that's what I call pillows. I call them baby things. And uh, and she would, she would be like, oh, I'm so excited. You know, I haven't done stand-up and, you know, uh, it's, it was something about it. She would tell the filthiest jokes. And then, you know, like, so I suck two guys' cocks, and then I fuck. And then people start laughing. she go, oh, oh, the baby just kicked. Oh, he just kicked. Oh, it's so sweet. And, and then so it was just constantly going back and forth. But I don't think that's quite the same thing. I can't remember. Yeah. God, I can't remember who that was. Yeah. I'm sorry that I don't know either. I feel bad. Someone on the internet will know. Yeah. What, so is your tour sold out? Is there Where, where can people find information about it's it? It's not quite sold out. You can go to Bob's Burgers live tour. Dot VIP or something. Just Bob's Burgers tour. Google it. It'll pop up. It'll pop up. Please come because there's definitely a few cities. I think New York, Chicago, and Boston are sold out. But everywhere else, there are tickets available. All right. Excellent. And then is everyone going to be doing stand-up or are you guys doing a live reading? Yeah, both. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I think it might be fun. Yeah. I think John, I'm pretty sure this was his joke, but I think I feel like I remember doing a show like eight years ago at the pit in in New York. And uh, I feel like John did a joke where he was like, uh, so uh, so I got a kid and everyone claps and he goes, well, I don't know what the big deal is. I just came in somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was John. That sounds like John. Yeah, today we were recording Bob's and we were talking about the tour and Lauren was like, Lauren Bouchard, the creator of Bob's, was like, Hey, Benjamin, uh, we just need to go over this thing. You requested a 12-year-old boy in every city. (laughs) Uh, We're not sure we can get that. How important is that? And it was totally serious. Like, yeah, I need him, and I I don't know how to get him myself. And I am pretty sure it's for his bit, but I was just – and then I was like, okay, I'm not not following John Benjamin and his 12-year-old boy bit, right? (laughs) Or you could steal it and do it first before (laughs) – Yeah. Hey, everyone, I'm here. Where's my 12-year-old boy in every city? It's going to be amazing. (laughs) So so Last Man on Earth. Yep. um, What what night is that on? That's on Friday – sorry, (laughs) Sunday night. Okay. At 9.30. Got it. It's up against The Walking Dead. Yes. And that's not... That technically that doesn't affect me. very tough. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm on at 10, so... Yeah, it's, you're I'm, on at 10, which is cool. fine. I definitely turn right to your show after mine. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can just pretend like we're talking about Last Man on Earth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, at 9.30. Um, this Sunday, it's going to be on um, at 9 because they're going to do two episodes back to back. Okay. So 9 and 9.30 this Sunday. And it's going to be really good. And I'm just so happy that people uh, like it. 
because I really like it. That's the most important thing. When you when you can work on stuff and not feel like you have to disclaim it to people. I'm working on this. I did that for so many years. I'm working on this thing. I mean, it's not really for everybody. It's a, you know. Yeah. And now I, you know, I like what I work on. I'm like, oh yeah, I work on this. It's it's a nice feeling. It is nice. And this, yeah. And I, I think people are gonna love these episodes. <laughs> I just got really shy about. It. You know <laughs> You're what? turning red. Just watch it. The, I'll tell you what. That red is complimenting that very fancy dress you're wearing. I'm super decked out. Yeah. I'm wearing a ton of makeup. I wish you guys, well, if you watched Conan, you could see. I'm wearing more makeup, I would bet. Do you think? I think I'm wearing a lot. <laughs> I can feel it. I can feel it. It's that it's when you've had it on for a while and your face starts yeah. to itch because your skin is like, please free me. Well, you look great. You don't remember when you were late to come to at midnight because you were like uh, talking to Tom Cruise. That's oh, your yeah. life. That's your life. It friend. is weird. It yeah. is very strange. It is very. It is strange. <laughs> That's right. I was. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to tell him. Where, where's Hardwick? And you're like, oh, he's running a little late. I'm like, maybe, why? Maybe that would have made me cooler if I was like, sorry, guys, I'm talking to Tom Cruise. Or, I mean, or to Tom, I was like, sorry, Tom, I got to go. I mean, I think you would understand. I know, but then afterwards I'd be like, oh, I didn't mean it. Like, I would, I would backpedal so really? fast. I think Cruz would like you better, like you said. I think he'd be like, eh, he'd have more like respect. a regular guy. That's never happened before. I like it. Sorry, I gotta go. <laughs> you gotta go? I gotta get going. That's so cool. That's what I was... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kristen, I got stuff to do. You got stuff to do. Thanks for interviewing me. Oh, you're the best. I'm so happy. No, I know, but I... I because... Because of the the guy took you to, to Meltdown Comics and we started yeah. late and so I called your publicist to be like, hey, is Kristen okay? Where what's going on? Where's yeah. she? And uh, she was like, well, look, I know it, she's running really late. It, she it lives close to where you are going to record. If you if you want to reschedule, she can she can just go home. And I was like, I want her on this podcast. So we it was really this. my my publicist was very impressed. No. <laughs> with my power to make you hang around while I sit in your other office <laughs> for 20 minutes. <laughs> and I didn't have a car. And it was like one of those weird things where I was like, I'll just Uber. And they're like, no, your driver's coming back. He's coming back. So I had to wait for him to. Who cares? You know. Who cares? But just the, 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 the idea of you sitting in a comic book store. <laughs> Dressed for a cocktail party. I know, I was so mad. And these people were coming in, and I was like, I was also like looking out the window. Oh, yeah. Hey, there's worse places to be stuck than a comic book. I I completely agree, but I just think it's funny. Like, did I? I I feel like I had this weird dream where Kristen Shaw was at a comic book (laughs) store dressed for a cocktail party. Yeah. Just hanging out. Plastered in makeup. (laughs) (laughs) Holding. Because uh, Conan gives people popcorn, yeah, holding like a, a thing of popcorn, a bucket of popcorn. Yeah, she was wearing a ton of makeup. No, no, I couldn't see the thing that she was talking about. I couldn't. <laughs> I was looking. You know, she told me exactly where to look to see it, but I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Um, well, have a good tour. Hey, thanks. Don't uh, things got real serious. Kristen Chawl signing. This is when Chris signs off. He doesn't know how to do it organically. <laughs> well. <laughs> Kristen Shawl. Yes. That's not right. Kristen. (laughs) Miss Shawl, you are an inspiration to many. You are friend to few. Mm -hmm, That's true. (laughs) You are wife to one. (laughs) Yes. And you are a property of the universe. (laughs) And I just saw a weird flash outside. All right, it's just car lights. 
Probably. Yeah, I was just worried I was having a stroke for a second. But oh yeah, if you smell burnt toast, that's a problem. That means you are having a stroke. What so, if someone's just burning toast? Well, and no matter what, when you smell it, write a quick <laughs> note. I think I'm having a stroke. I smell burnt toast, and just tape it to your chest. So okay. if it does happen, the you know when they come to get you, they'll know exactly how to treat it. And if it. you are having a stroke, then that note will just be a bunch of scribbles. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, know. I think you have a tiny window to write the note before the stroke sets in from when you first smell the burnt toast. Hey, this is helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for ending the podcast on a helpful stroke note. Uh, Krista Jahl, please tell everyone to enjoy their burrito. That's how we sign off the podcast. Oh, everyone enjoy your burrito. The best. (laughs) Thanks, Kristen. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. We did it. We did. Will you sign our guest book? This is a nice notebook. Yes. Yes. Sign. Don't read the print. Yeah, it's just, fine. It's is that fine. enough? Oh yeah, yeah. You can do whatever you want. It's your page, Kristen. You can make. Oh, it this your, is my page. That's your whole page. Well, you have good handwriting. That's really. Good. You want to see good handwriting? I do. Look at this journal that I was gonna do on Conan, and then we ran out of time of my mom's from when I was three years old. <gasps> that's some good handwriting. Wait a minute. What is what is this journal about? Just her every day. She wrote in it while I was three. Three and kind of bitched about her life. This is Thursday, January 1. I mean, uh, Thursday, yeah, January 1, 1981. <laughs> David and Kristen are spending a few days with Aunt Marie. We will pick them up Saturday. Carl and I measured our land and the adjacent land to see where the lots could be marked out. Yeah. I collected pop cans. Pop! Pop! Colorado, yeah. I collected pop cans on the very on the way back. We took Pepper with us. Was that the, a dog? Yeah, I guess so. Or maybe that's what they called you originally. No. Was <laughs> <laughs> with us, but kept him in the car so he wouldn't get hit by a car. David was sure he would be unhappy with us if that happened. Uh, our big holiday meal was split pea with ham soup. David hates it, <laughs> so I thought we would enjoy eating it in peace and quiet while he is away. This is amazing. Oh, they played cards? Yeah. At the Dyburns? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I forget their names. One played word games. Wow, Os- she's Os- very, very thorough. Os- <laughs> oh, my God! Do you remember King Supers? But I lived in Denver. There was King Supers. Yeah. So your note on June 15th that's of 1981. Oh, this is your yeah. brother. Oh. No, I Mom, can you take yet. me to King Supers? Okay, well, that's good. Because first of all, he spelled King Supers wrong. He's an idiot. And please, it's spelled P-L-E-S-S. <laughs> all right. And why would he write a note to t- take you to King Supers? Oh, she, she, I don't, he just really wanted to go. And by like a comic, uh, yeah, I don't know why. This is great. By the way, it turns out uh, David is your dad? Brother. David's your brother. Carl's my dad. Oh, okay. Well, David, it turns out, is very good at Bible tic-tac-toe. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> David, it turns out, is very good at Bible tic-tac-no because he won two out of three games. Oh, wow. Of it. I, I, I feel like I'm invading something by reading this journal, but you handed it to me, so... Well, I was going to read it on Conan, and I called my mom. She didn't give a fuck. What did you want to read? <laughs> I was gonna read. I was gonna read this whole passage. Read it. Is this not yeah, yeah, recording? Yeah, yeah, read oh it. no, because I told Conan I'd save it for his oh. show, which is really disappointing. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I got it. I'm That's sure all. I'll be back. That's all right. 
That's right. That's, that's is there another one that you want to read that you that's that's okay to read? That's not um, the one you're going to uncover. You know what was really really cool about this is there's like there's a lot of um, a lot of stuff in here about how much they struggled. You know, I was talking about going out to dinner and stuff, and like she was just like. You know, we just, we split a thing and we didn't have enough money for dinner, but we were able to get this and like, they really were like scraping by and I was reading this, oh, I'll read this one, but I was reading this and I was like, oh, I, I was reading it on a first class virgin flight to London. Oh, wow. To do some work over there and reading about how like they didn't have enough money for dinner, like ordering some more like champagne. <laughs> more champagne, please. Reading this and it was like, wow, this is cool. <laughs> and, they, like, and thanks, mom and dad. You know, like for, but, but this is a pretty good one. It's um, Friday, May 1st, 1981. Today, Kristen ran in the water all morning. Then I washed her hair and put it up in pink foam curlers for the first time in her life. She loved it. She kept wagging her head so her curlers would bob up and down. And when I took the curlers out and combed it, her hair looked so pretty. She looked like Shirley Temple. She didn't like it, though, and cried and cried because she didn't want yucky curls in her hair. She wanted curlers. Aww. She wanted the curlers. You didn't want the curls that came with it. No, I the, the the pink foam curlers. That was the cool part. But that's what where you learn about cause and effect. If you put curlers in your hair, your hair is going to get curly. Yeah, exactly. But if you leave the curlers in there forever, then you've got a great look. <laughs> you know? That's what my mom did not understand. She never understood me. <laughs> you seem very upset right now. Sorry. Uh, okay. I, is there a bathroom nearby? Yeah. yeah first Can I go? Left. It'll yeah. take about a minute. Go, go, go. Okay, and then I'll... Yeah, straight out that door, and it's the first door past the stairway. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. 
All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.